0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: Name this artist.
0: Taylor Swift. No. Jay? Avril Lavigne. A said. Who said Avril Lavigne in your ear?
1: No, I know I said Who that? said Avril Lavigne well,
2: in your
0: ear? Come on, man.
1: Somebody fess up. Nobody
2: said anything. <laughs> I just messed
0: with you. I said Taylor Swift.
1: <laughs> yeah. Somebody definitely told you.
0: I swear. It's all right. You knew you Avril Lavigne. That. Mean, that's a good. Why good couldn't one. I know that one song, Jay? Jay you're not the only person that went to Duke, did Jay, or you are. Jay confidently said Alanis Morissette. But you're not the only person that have frequent places that play that music, Jay. I know Alan Yates got in
2: your ear. <laughs> and you. No, he did <laughs> not. You said Taylor Swift too, too with too much commitment. It was a joke. He really did. Because like that's it. what I you know expected you you from me cool. to say it. I could
0: say the person's name again though, right now if you ask me. <laughs> 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 but you nailed it the first time, that's all that matters. <laughs> Keyshawn J. Will Zoom will be off presented by Progressive
1: Insurance, Salon <laughs> Hot in for Zoom, and all guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Uh, just just again I um, think
0: she's seeing Skater Boy or something.
1: Yeah, like that's that.
2: right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. see. He's now it. he's doing uh now he's doing too much. You see, he's letting you know. Alan Gates, stop it. Stop feeding Keith. He's not then feeding he, me he, anything. He, not I, not no, sure. Again, Jay. Skater personality. Again, how do, then how do you're we have not the, the only individual. How do we have the record ready to play, Dinky?
0: <laughs> you're not the only individual that frequent places that play that music now, Jay. Come on now. <laughs> it's the it's guy that wears board shorts when he's hanging out. Yes, that is correct. And I almost had some on today. Today, it's like I out in Exactly, but I couldn't today. But in another week or so, you're oh, I'm it? gonna be in here with my boar shorts on and everything. I'm not, I'm not talking sports with a suit on. It's not happening. Now, what is it with you
1: not liking that? Wearing a suit when you're on TV to talk sports.
2: You don't like that. Why do we have to wear a Who suit? Who wears to talk a sports? suit?
0: Talk, do you wear a suit? Do you, do you honestly go into a sports bar with a suit on and talk sports? Do you sit around Depends your, your house with a suit on? I went on? to the sports bar. Oh well, dude, if you're going to, if you coming from a sports bar with a suit, I mean from work to a sports bar with a suit on, something's wrong with you. Take the damn tie off, the jacket, roll up the sleeves, pull the shirt out, okay? That's what you need to do. Loosen up what a I little. Do loosen up a little. That's what I do. Collars open. We're not selling up. stock in, in, or anything. We're not doing financial planning in the middle of a football game. So you're saying, like, the idea that, like, <laughs> I try to match the pocket square and the
1: tie and make it look, like, good, presentable oh, on TV oh. is a waste Did of time. It's 6 t- o'clock in the damn morning when people are tuning Alley. in. I'm not a detective, Jay. You are. Sexy SUV.
2: detective.
0: <laughs> I just want to tell you. Uh, <laughs> I found some break. interesting information. <laughs> I just want to share
1: it
2: with what you. What is that smell? I Bre- know the smell.
0: Breaking down that third quarter. So. <laughs> So people, for those that want to wear suits, that's okay. I'm, but how come on NFL Live, you've got to because coat that's on. what they want us to do. They want us to do that on NFL Live. Mm-hmm. They're not asking us to do that <laughs> on this show. And if they were asking to it. do that on this show, the prerequisite immediately would have been no, mm. no, we're not doing that. At 6 o'clock in the morning. No, it's way, yeah, this is. it's too early oh. to get too dressed up. It's very
1: comfortable to be here just chilling. Like, and, then, and, the and, and,
0: and the interesting thing about these sort of conversations and when you talk to the higher-ups, the bosses, the producers, yep. the directors, people that make the decisions, they say, yep. well, any breaking news could happen and it could be very serious, so we want to make sure that you're appropriate. That doesn't has nothing to do with me ha- sounding a certain way and having a certain tone when it becomes very serious. I don't have to wear a damn suit.
2: I'm not going against management. Let's, let's move on here. you
0: so scary.
2: <laughs> can we, we I'm being so that? scary, man. Can we discuss that in the next negotiation? That would be good,
1: too. We <laughs> do not need to wear a suit. But
0: uh, I, just, I just find it fascinating. So I'm assuming as we host first take this week, you'll be we suited and booted. Or, like, I'm following whatever your lead is. Okay. You know,
1: because Max and Stephen A., I mean, they come dressed to the nines. They, I mean, they make are, all
0: the money. They got $5,000 suits to wear every other day or every day. better yeah, yeah. And Molly got them uh, $3,000 outfits on coming from them fancy places. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Stay out of people's pockets, Key. No, I'm yeah, not in yeah. their pockets. But I'm just saying point, though, is like, I
0: can look at their
1: suits and their gear and tell you it's expensive. So we're on first take on Thursday and Friday this week. And I just – that's what I need to figure out. Like, am I supposed to – do that because that's sort of the thing that everybody does in that show, or should we just be complete rebels and say, <laughs> "I'm no. not a
0: rebel, I'm just being me"? So, <laughs>
2: that, okay, that's the line of a rebel. That
0: is, that is. Okay, well, I mean, if if, if put it this it. way, if they're offended by my outfit when I'm joining their show, then so be it. Can you tell me ahead of time? Because I always have mirror anxiety. Whatever morning. I have on when I walk
1: in the building, <laughs> that's what I'm going to be wearing. But it's too late for me at that point. I need to know. I have mirror anxiety pretty much every morning. So I need to know that I feel like, all right, if Key's going that
0: way, I go that way, then we're at 10. Man, I'm talking sports, man. But
2: if- Alan, you be you, Alan. Yeah, fine. be you. You go whatever way yeah, you, yeah, want you, to go. you want. Yeah, however you want to be. Double-breasted?
0: Really you want double-breasted with gold Versace buttons? Do you? I would do that, actually. Wouldn't be a bad look. I don't think the double-breasted will work on you. But, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think we're being told to get back to
1: sports. So why don't we do that? Because there's a couple of other NFLs. We talked about Le'Veon Bell and how he'll never play for Andy Reid again. First of all, do we believe that? Like if, if, if
0: the Chiefs Absolutely. are the only team left to call him. Absolutely. I believe it. That's it. He's done. Yeah, he's, he'll yeah. retire. Yeah. He doesn't want to play. But the Chiefs ain't calling, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. No, that's
1: a fair point. What do we think of this, you as a former Cowboy? Kyler Murray said something really interesting (laughs) here. Now, remember, he is obviously – he's from Texas, right? You would think that this is a guy – oh, you must have grown up a big Cowboys fan. Uh, In fact, no. When he was – let's see, this is on the blogging the boys' Twitter account. He said that he never grew up a Cowboys fan because, quote – and this is a quote – they were always ass, end quote. Aggressive. Wouldn't you say? But I mean, he actually had a really were, good game last year against the Cowboys. So Their defense they, they not were, very good. It, you know,
0: Cowboys have been bad for a while. So, I could certainly I – mean, when he was young, lying. growing up, they were not good. Aggressive statement, though.
2: Why Didn't is it aggressive? Well. It's like you talking with your boys. Yeah, it's true. That's how we all talk when we leave the studio just walking. That's how we talk.
0: The garbage. But I'm not going to tweet that you said that, Jay. Like, this
1: is but it's garbage. you like, put it out
0: there. They, they were garbage then, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Say it the way. They were sorry. Sorry as hell. All outdoors. <laughs> Very sorry. I don't know. Like that 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 one caught my attention. And I might let me see, Colin you, Murray. You do I might have been on a couple of those teams. We were not good. <laughs> he's 23 we were like, years old, so Yeah, I might have been on one or two of those teams. We're not we were not good. No. So he's it's right. Facts. So he's right. Yeah.
1: So you're not offended by that. No. You don't think he's gonna gonna feel any repercussions on
0: that at all? Nah, people, are fans will booing. First of all, he's know. talking
1: about it, like the guys that are on the current Cowboys. What do they care?
2: They Nothing. weren't on they those teams. they don't care. They probably do not like the Cowboys either. Yeah, it's amazing. America's I mean, This will be a media story for a day or so, and then it'll go away. Something off-season
1: else. fodder, baby. But you know what is the off-season story that never goes away? Aaron Rodgers. And so Mark Murphy, who is the CEO and president of the Packers, who said the best thing we can do is keep all the conversations private, Well, let's see. He's written a blog now where he blames Aaron Rodgers saying he's dividing the fan base. And now he has an event at Lambeau Field. And according to NBC26.com, he brings up the memory of Ted Thompson, the former general manager, of course, of the Packers, who said this of Aaron Rodgers. He said he often talked about Aaron, that he's... uh, And it wasn't just Aaron. It was a lot of different players. He would say he's a complicated fella. So I'll just leave it at that.
0: Now... I got a nickname for him. A nickname for who? The Murph. Okay. That's what I'm going to call him. The The Murph. Murph. Just call him the Murph. Every time he says something, there goes the Murph. Murphy's Law. That's what rules right now in Green Bay. But
1: is this another sign? Like, the stages of divorce are basically like you try to have the, you know, you go through the mediation. You try to maybe go through some, you know, like, let's see if we can work this out. And then you get to that point where you know, all right, there's no coming back on this. So now we just start, like, the mudslinging begins. Yeah. And this feels like the Packers know all right, we've tried all we could to appeal to him. He's still being Aaron. So now instead of just being nice publicly, we're
0: going to trash him so that the fan base understands that he's the bad guy in this whole well, thing. Well, good thing all the kids are with the Green Bay Packers right now. <laughs> so we don't, wor- we don't have to worry, most of them, right? We don't have mm-hmm. to worry about that. But yeah, this, this smells like they're done with Aaron. And they're tired of talking to Aaron to try to convince him of something different. And now the gloves are off and they're just going to go. That's what it sounds like to me, because this is the second time in that he's doubled down basically by saying what he's saying. First off, it was, I'm going to kind of say that the fans are being divided by you. Now I'm going to say you're complicated. So now I've got two negatives against your zero. Cause you've said nothing about us, mm-hmm. but I've said well, something he about you. He did when when he
1: when he talked about how it's about the people and the character and the yeah culture. yeah, but that's
0: not saying for anything, no, Allen. And put no names to it. The whole organization
2: it. has been so on point with this, so about how they felt about Aaron. They've always said the right things, mm-hmm. with the exception of a couple of things Mark Murphy has said. I mean, they they've been on the right side here. So you could if this is a point of frustration for him. Obviously, he's trying to make amends. He's trying to make things work. I can understand that a little bit yeah. from inside.
1: Yeah, it just well, it feels like, the le, you know, he said the less talking we do is better, and then he's doing all the talking. So, this is not going to get resolved anytime soon. In fact, it does feel like now it's heading to that but divorce see, that he has been calling.
0: No, nobody should be saying anything, but. No, yo, I'm talking about Green Bay. Like, they should just they should play it right and just let Aaron Rodgers stew. Make Aaron Rodgers think. Don't even talk who, about make, him. Make. Him wonder, why aren't they talking about me? Why yeah. aren't they saying anything about me? Like, that's what they should try and do. Yeah. Not that it'll work, but, you know, yeah. the less you say, the better off you are. That's, that's I thought that's what he said, but instead he's going in a different direction.
1: Keyshawn J. Wilson. The Murph. We're brought to you by Indeed. If you're hiring this summer, you need Indeed. With Indeed Instant Match, just post a sponsored job and you'll immediately get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description. Learn more at Indeed.com credit The Nets suddenly, I mean, I'm talking about in a blink. Two games in Milwaukee, and that series has taken a turn. Now it's down to a best of three, and Kyrie Irving now injured and out. James Harden's status remains, of course, uncertain. Down to KD and the Nets to see if they can now – get their win back in Brooklyn, and get back control of this series. Tim Legler joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline, our ESPN NBA analyst. Legs, good morning. So, I mean, in a blink of an eye, this series has turned from one that looked like they were dominating to one that now they're trying to survive. You know, how do you see the game plan changing? If you're down to Kevin Durant, and it's pretty clear the way P.J. Tucker's playing him, that he can give him a lot of trouble, how can they try to win this series without, with only one of the big three?
3: I don't think they can. If you don't see James Harden, and at this point, I think Kyrie Irving, I would be shocked if we see Kyrie Irving in this series the rest of the way, based on the way that that looked, the way he reacted as he was leaving the court, the way you know we heard the, the, him leaving the building. I'd be shocked if we see Kyrie. Now, he, he may. It may be miraculous. But let's just focus on Harden. If James Harden does not make an appearance in this series in the next two games – and he's close to 100%, I don't think Kevin Durant can do this by himself. You can't generate that kind of offense by yourself, particularly when this series has taken a turn like it has in the way it's been officiated. And I heard what Steve Nash said. He might have gone too far when he said that yeah, P.J. Tucker, some of the things he's doing, really, a border on non-basketball activity. I don't agree with that whatsoever. It's just it's not what modern basketball looks like. Mm-hmm. But But all P.J. Tucker is doing – is being physical and he's doing as much as he is being allowed to do. And by the way, it's not just P.J. Tucker. You also have two guys on that team that P.J. Tucker could funnel him to and Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's a defensive player of the year, and Drew Holiday, who's a first-team all-league caliber defender. So you've got multiple guys out there that have made their bones in this league on the defensive end of the floor. And it starts with P.J. Tucker and getting inside of Kevin Durant's jersey, starting at 30 feet and riding him over screens and getting up under him when he's trying to land on jump shots and riding him to the rim so he can't be on balance when he tries to finish. It's going to be too much for Kevin Durant to pull off. And, you know, the problem for the Nets, their free throw rate's been cut in half. They, they average 23 free throws a game in the regular season. They've taken 26 total in the last two games, including only eight. With Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the floor, took eight free throws in game three. How are you supposed to overcome that? When you rely on that, you rely on the greatness of your offensive players and getting calls, and they're not getting them right now. So for me, if this is Kevin Durant and a bunch of role players against a really good Milwaukee Bucks team on both ends of the floor, I do not see how Kevin Durant can get this thing across the finish line. James Harden is going to have to get on that horse. He's going to have to ride in, and he's going to have to come to the rescue because if one guy – can play through this physical contact right now, it's James Harden. That's a guy that's going to get to the line 12 to 15 times if this is how physical the Bucks are going to be on the perimeter. Harden uses that against you as a defender, and he could turn things around, but remains to be seen. We haven't gotten a lot of word on whether he's going to be participating in this series, certainly not yet heard if he's going to be out there for game five.
2: Legs, I agree with you. If those guys don't come back, then the Bucks move on. If that is the case, are the Bucks the favorite in the East, or do you have the 76ers coming out?
3: Wow. You know, look, that to me is a toss-up. I would probably lean toward the Bucks in that situation because I just think they've got more guys that can go generate offense for you. Now, to me, Embiid could be the differentiating factor between those two teams because he's so unique in the way that he can dominate you, and no one really is prepared up front. But when you look at the Bucks, you've got a guy like Lopez who can go down there and bang with him. He's a, he's a phenomenal shot contester, shot blocker. He at least is a guy that can be there as a presence to bother Embiid, and, and obviously Antetokounmpo, with his length down there, could do the same. So you've got to have answers from a personnel standpoint for Joel Embiid. And I think the Bucks represent that. But to me, honestly, guys, that's a toss-up. You know, it's interesting, with the Lakers gone and the way that their season flamed out and all the injuries they had going into that, now the Nets dealing with this, and if this is how it goes, and he's out there by himself, KD, and they lose, you take the Nets and the Lakers out of the equation, the two teams we expected to meet mm-hmm. in the finals, to me, that opens the door for the Bucks, the Sixers, the Jazz, the Clippers, and the Suns. I would not be shocked if any one of those five teams We're standing at the end. I think that's what this has done, and the sense of urgency that all of those teams are going to have to get it done now in a window in which the two favorites are dealing with all these injuries, that's going to be fascinating to watch. But I think all of those teams are capable. They all have enough talent, they're well-coached enough, and they've got enough depth to make a deep run. It's amazing how he parity t-
1: can happen with, uh, with, with the injuries. Tim Legler joining us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. Legs, I, I wanted to ask you about what we also saw last night in the Western Conference as the Nuggets and the MVP, Nicole Jokic swept out of the playoffs, which is, of course, shocking in its own right. But – the, the play that, that led to him being ejected from that game called the flagrant two, uh, as we talk about the physicality of play with P.J. Tucker with what the Bucks are able to do against the Nets, this isn't obviously a physicality play. This was a frustration play by Jokic, but it was called a flagrant two. Did you see that as something that should have led to an ejection or was it maybe something that they could have at least called the flagrant no. one and left him
3: in the game? No way. I, I thought that was horrific in the moment. Look, I understand he was frustration and he wound up, and he swung, but he he barely caught him with the inside of his elbow on his nose. Now, I'm not saying that that, that didn't hurt, because I'm sure it did, and Cameron Payne reflected that. He wasn't trying to act and, and get a call. I'm sure that hurt, but 95% of the action resulted in hitting the basketball cleanly out of his hand, when you combine it with the fact that Nikola Jokic has a squeaky clean reputation, this isn't a guy that goes out there every night and he's taking cheap fouls on people and taking people out of the air when they go to the rim and, and, and hurting people on illegal screens. Like he's not, he doesn't have that reputation. Okay. So that's, let's go with that. And I do think that should play into it. Sometimes when you start talking about guys and the reputation and what they've done in the past, I think it should play into it. You go, you over, you take a look at it. This is the MVP of the league. This is a, this is a, the playoffs. Clearly, he was not trying to hit him in the head. It just so happens it was incidental with his elbow grazing his nose. So, for me, in the moment, and then the more I saw the replay, I just thought that was a terrible decision to eject Nikola Jokic from that game.
2: Legs, speaking of the Clippers, is this their best opportunity here? Are you looking at those two wings, man, and Kawhi and Paul George? I know Paul George just woke up last game. Donovan Mitchell having someone of that ankle injury. Is there a better time for the Clippers to pounce him right now?
3: No, you got to get him now, Jay. You know, you know, we'll see what happens with Donovan Mitchell. I, I have a feeling that Mitchell's going to look a lot closer to 100%, maybe, than people think. Because even at the end of that game, he was, he was trying to get his way back onto the floor. You know, He's standing there having a conversation with Quinn Snyder with his arm around him. And I think Quinn Snyder was watching the action saying, okay, if we get a stop and a three right here, and it's still doable he probably would have sent him back in. But, you know, there was a couple of possessions they didn't score. And I think Quinn Steiner just thought, you know what, let's just not risk it, sit you down. But I think there was a chance he was going to even make it back in that game. So I do think he'll come back and he's going to look like Donovan Mitchell. But, look, this is their Clippers shot mainly because you didn't get the Lakers. That's the bottom line. You did not end up with a healthy Lakers team. And when you look at Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and you add in the role players on that team – and if they can make three-point shots around those two guys, and Paul George is that aggressive and that efficient, the way that he was in Game 3, the Clippers are very much alive in this series, and this is their window to get this thing done. Having said it, I think the Utah Jazz are a more complete team, and I think the way they move the basketball, the way they share it, can overcome even a great defensive team on the perimeter like the Clippers. Ball movement trumps all of that. And that's what the Jazz do. So I still think the Jazz are going to win this series, assuming that Donovan Mitchell is, like I said, close to 100%.
0: If you're right, though, Legs, the Jazz are going to win, what's the next step for the Clippers and Kawhi? It's
3: a good question. I look at it like this. This is where Kawhi Leonard wanted to be. Mm -hmm. I don't think Kawhi Leonard is out there hunting around anymore and looking for other franchises and other stars to pair up with. He wanted to be, with this franchise – in this market, and so did Paul George, and they wanted to play together. So even though from a front office standpoint, you're going to look at that and say, you know, what do we need to do to shore this up? I don't necessarily think you're going to look at those two guys. I think you're going to look at what's around them. But as far as Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, to me, it seems like they've made their decision where they want to be, and I don't think, you know, coming up short again in the postseason two years in a row – will be enough to deter them. I think they're going to start looking at the rest of their roster and thinking about what else do they need to add. You know, one thing I thought Rondo could address was the lack of vocal leadership on this team. I think it's a problem when you have two super laid-back guys who want to lead by example. Um, I think that that doesn't necessarily translate to the fire that you need sometimes. I thought Rondo could provide that, but only if he's on the court doing Rondo-type things. Uh, so I think that, that that's an issue. It's something they need to look at internally with, when you look at the rest of their roster and the way they fill it out. But I don't think Paul George and Leonard are going anywhere.
1: Legs, are going to leave it right there. Great stuff as always. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, guys. Tim Legler on the Goodyear Hotline. All right, so you heard him very strongly tell you that he didn't think it was deserving of a flagrant two. We've heard others, of course, talk about it today as well. Let's get an expert on officiating next to tell us why. The MVP was tossed from the game last night.
0: That will come up after Key has this from Indeed. The good news is your business doubled. The even better news is Indeed can help you hire the right people without the wait times of the typical recruiting process. That's because Indeed has a great hiring platform where you can make calls, schedule virtual interviews, and talk to candidates over video. Right from your easy-to-use employer dashboard, it's just another reason Indeed delivers four times more hires than all the other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. Find your next great hire at Indeed.com/credit.
2: Hi, it's Greeny, and if you're like me, you're stunned that the Bucks have evened up their series with the Nets at two games apiece. Big win at home for Milwaukee. Do they have a real chance now to pull off the upset? We'll talk about it. It's Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN
4: Radio and ESPN Plus.
3: Cabero, and then the hook shot off the catch block perry who got to the steal got his shot swatted at the end of the trip Giannis. holiday into the paint lob the rim alley you dunk Bonacera, everybody milwaukee's tied the series at two it's 101 84
1: bonasara indeed the call by sean kelly pj Carlisimo on espn radio as Giannis and the bucks even their series with the nets they win game four for Giannis, his fourth 30-point-10 rebound game this postseason. Only Kareem has more in a single postseason in Bucks history. As for the Nets, first time they've scored fewer than 100 points in back-to-back games this season, adding insult to injury. Kyrie left the game playing just 17 minutes due to a sprain right ankle. Game 5, Tuesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, with coverage on ESPN Radio starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. In the West, the Nuggets are swept out of the playoffs. The MVP gone as the suns win game four 125 118 it's the first time since 2010 that the suns are back in the western conference finals chris paul 37 points in game four the oldest player at the age of 36 to average 25 points and 10 assists in a playoff series Nikola Jokic, the mvp he was ejected in the game after a flagrant two in the third quarter he's the fifth mvp to be swept in a playoff series all time to the ice, the Islanders take game one from the Tampa Bay Lightning to win 2-1 two, two to one in their Stanley Cup semifinals. They played virtually, the Islanders did, mistake-free hockey to steal home ice advantage in this series. Game two Tuesday night back in Tampa. Now, since the creation of the conference finals in 82, the teams are 32-2 and two when they take a 2-0 series lead in the round before the Stanley Cup final. So a must-win for the Lightning. Sports Center brought to you by Goodyear. Goodyear knows from here on out, every game is a chance to create momentum, to make the right pass, the right move, to hit the perfect shot. It takes momentum to get through the playoffs. It takes everything to capture a title. Goodyear, or driven.
3: It's a closeout game. Suns trying to sweep. If you lose you're out, the last thing I want to see is the Suns
0: pushing
4: a broom across that court. Oh, oh, Chris Paul is putting on a display for. Play after play. We're not going to back down. We got to play with our age. He is on automatic. Your MVP is done for the night and possibly this about season. This winning. This is the deal. Right down goes Paul. This
2: ain't about me. It's about
0: us. Show you what you can do when you come together as a team.
1: So here we go into now through the second round, and one team already on to the conference final. That is the Phoenix Suns, and other series starting to get interesting and then injuries are taking a toll as well. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, we're brought to you by Attorneys Cordell and Cordell Fair Divorce for Men. Call 1-866-DADS-LAW. So let's discuss with an expert. As we've gotten all of the different takes on what happened last night as the Nuggets, they are swept out of the playoffs. Nikola Jokic, the MVP, out. But he was ejected in a play that we're watching over and over again and we're getting different takes on why a flagrant two was called, why Jokic was ejected, and as Michael Malone, the coach of the Nuggets, said, once you lose that guy, it's really hard to end up winning the game. They do get swept. So Steve Javi, who's refereed in the NBA for over 25 years, done countless NBA Finals games certainly as well, and now with us as ESPN officiating analyst. Joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. So, Steve, we've talked about the ejection and the rule of the flagrant two of unnecessary and excessive contact, can you just explain, A, I guess first, from your expert opinion, what you thought of the play and the ejection and if the call, of course, was the correct one?
5: Yeah, guys. Well, first, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I enjoy talking about these things. And a lot of times here, especially when officials go over to the monitor to replay the situation and look at it and make a decision. Remember, it's subjective, too. There are rules, but it is subjective to the interpretation uh, of the officials watching it at the game. I mean, I'm sure there certain officials who would have gone there and said, is it a flagrant two or one? And it had been close. Who knows? But these guys deemed it to be a flagrant two. Well, the thing that gets me a couple times here is this, is that I understand and I'm you know reading about he was frustrated and so on. And, of course, players get frustrated, there's no doubt. But he makes it really so obvious, guys. He just winds up and takes his big arm. And unfortunately for him, and I know he probably didn't in his mind say, I want to hit him in the nose. Um, and he hits him and he takes up this big wind up, hits him in the nose. And I know some people might have said, well, you know, the impact should have been harder. Well, do I need to see blood in order to like eject a guy? I mean, these are things that I think about as I'm watching the play, because I didn't see it like in real time last night. I was watching it this morning. And, I mean, it does meet the criteria for it. there's this big wind-up, there's an impact, and where did the impact occur? Well, it occurred in his face area, in the nose. Um, And it wasn't a basketball play. I know someone says, well, he was was going for the ball. Well, let me tell you something. When someone goes for the ball, in my opinion, they don't start winding up two or three feet prior to making contact. And then what we have afterwards is an altercation. what What I think in my mind, I don't know why I was thinking about this, if Jokic did it and walked away, and didn't walk up on Devin. I know Devin Booker walked up on him. Mm-hmm. Was it possible he could have walked away from that? I don't know. But would that have changed the the official's mind, too? I don't know either. But, I mean, it was something that I think that the league can defend and will defend because it does meet the criteria. It was excessive, in my opinion. A um, couple other things, too, is that I know that the referees are called to, um, you know, referee like they would during a regular season. I That came into my mind, too. And I say, you know what, during the regular season, that's a no-brainer. That's an ejection. So why wouldn't it be now in the playoffs? And then the last thing I'll hit you with that we can talk about is that can we dispel, and not that anybody's saying it now, but they do. They will in a little bit, I'm sure, next week or so, that the superstar gets protected. Here's the MVP of the league. He gets ejected. So the referees are trying to do the best they can. In this situation, they felt that the um, flagrant, two was warranted. And I think it's justified. Steve, does reputation play into these things
0: some of the time?
5: Um, if somebody's an aggressive person, con- continuing an aggressive person, or maybe during the game, this certain game, maybe somebody had been aggressive before, or maybe there have been flagrant fouls in the game. I think that'll come into it. But I'm not going to target somebody as um, reputations from last year or this or that. But I think situational reputation, if that makes any sense that if a guy has committed a flagrant foul or there have been a number of flagrant fouls during a game, which sometimes happen, then I think you you calibrate a little higher and say, my my tolerance of another flagrant foul is not going to be too, uh, you know, not, not going to be too tolerant of it.
2: Yeah, Steve, I, I ultimately, look, I, I respect your opinion on this one. I, I kind of know on Jokic's history and... You know how it looked like he was going for the ball. I know that in a vernon context a face, it can put a rep in that situation. I'm okay with it either way because I feel like the Suns were going to sweep them. I do want to go to the Nets-Bucks series because Steve Nash came out and said, "I thought the play between P.J. Tucker and Kevin Durant, I thought it was borderline non-basketball physical at times." If you got a chance to watch that series, is Steve Nash correct, or do you just think it's been a tough physical series?
5: I, I think, I mean, I think obviously Tucker is a very, very aggressive defender. And that's a matchup that if I'm officiating, I'm watching that matchup big time to make sure that it's clean. Tucker, Tucker's not a dirty player. He's a, he's an aggressive player. And he frustrates, obviously, Kevin Durant and a lot of other people who he guards. Uh, so I think that's a matchup that you really have to watch as an official um, but I don't think it's um, I don't think it's dirty. I don't think it's um, it's just a matter of whether the contact you have to deem it to be illegal or is it marginal contact. And that's one the I would I would as an official, I would stay on that that uh, matchup right from the get go. Steve
1: Javis joining us here on the Goodyear hotline, ESPN officiating analyst, of course, longtime NBA official as well, over twenty five years. Steve, you said something, though, I, I really do want to follow up on because you said you, what the idea is you want to officiate the game in the playoffs just like it was in the regular season. That really does happen because the narrative has always been, well, it's a playoff game now. The physicality is allowed a little more and it does seem like in the postseason you get away with a little more physically. But is the intention to officiate the game the exact same way?
5: Absolutely. Um, and I know that uh, some of my colleagues um, always say that they they, um, they they question about the officials officiating it the same way. There has never been a directive, as long as I've been officiating, never been a directive saying, OK, playoff time, let them play. No. Let me tell you, I'll tell you what the difference is, guys. The players don't play the same. I mean, in Game 60 of this regular season, is not being played the same as Game 4 of the Round 2 of the semifinals when teams are now getting after it. The intensity level picks up, the physicality picks up, and the referees have to be ready in order to meet that physicality with their, you know, with their concentration, the way they referee. So, in my opinion, um, uh, is that the game is officiated? They're taught to officiate the same way. It's the players that play differently. They contest just about every rebound. They contest every possession. In Game 60, they're not doing that. So, now does that mean that the officials? Won't miss more calls or something like that. Possibly, that's possibly because maybe the physicality and it's like, ah, damn, I missed that one or I missed that one because they're going to miss them every night. There's no doubt about it. But I, 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 uh, my thing is the players play completely differently than in the playoffs than they do in the regular season, where the officials are trying to referee the same as they did during the regular season and actually by the by the league standards are called to officiate. The same way as he did during the regular season.
1: That is fascinating insight. I, I love that because it is a great point to make. The players are the ones that are playing harder. It's the officials that it's a lot more now to watch and probably to officiate as well. Steve, thank you so much for that. That's great insight.
5: Uh, my pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: All right, Steve. All right, Steve Javi. I thought it was great stuff right there. Again, you play harder. The players play harder, and so, therefore, it looks like we're letting more go, but it's just the physicality of the game that is. Yeah, just turn up the heat taking a little up, bit. Right, taking up another notch. KJZ presented
2: by Progressive you Insurance Steve Javi on the Goodyear Hotline. Go ahead, Jay. I say I'm happy we just don't have these reviews where it's taking refs like hours to go back to the monitor, too, because that, that becomes a whole different conversation.
1: Yeah, be careful what you wish on that, right? No doubt. We have not had that as a major exactly. issue so far. All right, coming up next, call a roulette, 888 say ESPN, 888 3776. Get in line, and we'll
2: get to you after Jay has this from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. <laughs> Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry 24 7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call 1 800 Granger, click granger.com, or just stop on by. It's time for Call a Roulette. You know the rules. Don't ask us how we are. We're good. I don't want to hear any of that. Get in,
0: say your name, and make your point, and ask the question. 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN. And don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. Especially you, Line 5.
4: Sending money back to mom, simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike.
3: Again. How you doing, Joe? Get a I scotch in the rocks. I should, should
1: actually do my room.
0: Dress up. Go into like the Ritz Carlton Central Park and play on the yeah. piano, like with the yeah. and, and see if people realize put a, you know, put a put the the sifter big giant yeah, right. sifter deal with some money in it. <laughs> Sit there, play just on. Just See it. how much you can get. See if people recognize. And even people notice that it's you doing can it. Can you play the piano key? I can fake play it. Yeah, you don't have to. I'll just <laughs> fake it.
1: You get on a player piano yeah, right a I Player piano, play just fake just, it. You know, Give that look. <laughs>
0: Oh, oh, be yeah. we be I'll
1: croon for you yeah. you play we'll just sit there and see how much money we can make Keyshawn J. Wills we brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless it's time for some Straight Talk cutting your wireless bill in half feels good home run of the ninth good Straight Talk offers 25 gigs of high speed data for 45 bucks a month up to 50% less than the other guys on America's best networks Straight Talk Wireless no contract no compromise it is call the roulette we spin the wheel Line two.
4: Yes, hi. This is Jason. Uh, I was wondering if you guys thought that play was a dirty play by Giannis. Uh, where he came from, looked like he stepped under uh, Kyrie. It just was a different part of the floor. It was on the perimeter, so doesn't get called.
1: So Giannis, you, you think Giannis intentionally went underneath Kyrie on that
4: play? Uh, I was wondering if you thought it was illegal and dirty. I, I think it's illegal. Uh, uh, Jay, what do you think? Dirty? Who knows? But Jay,
2: what do you think? Jay? I don't think it was dirty. I don't think it was dirty. It's not the, the foot placement part you know, I mean, him he's already him out. But he's coming in for the rebound. He's already headed there for the he rebound. He didn't know that
0: they yeah. would miss. I mean, they would make it. But what if here's it was
2: the a part. Miss? Here's the part when you go back and you watch the replay in slow mo. He hits him with the elbow and the chest. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does get him in the ribs. He hits him with the elbow and the chest. Yeah.
0: But is that more boxing him out, kind of? If the ball was to hit the front of the rim, my the back of the rim.
1: Bo- uh, we're watching over and over again I mean, on the just, ESPN oh, News. News. Box me
2: out once my feet Box are cemented out. on the ground. Mm. Box me out once my feet are cemented on the ground, not while I'm coming down in the air. That's... The only
0: thing. Right, Yates, Yates know, feels like it is I mean, dirty. That, Yates, to me, that, it seemed like a feel bang bang play to yeah, me. It's
1: just like a hustle play. Yates, yeah. what's your what make your case?
0: I don't, I don't feel yeah. that because the the lay is already going to be made. I'm not going to miss the layup. I'm in front of the rim. You don't need to box
2: me out while I am in the air. You're not getting the rebound anyway if I miss it or make it because it's in front of the rim. I think it's I think it's uncalled for. I ain't gonna say it's dirty. But it's definitely something that you don't like, Giannis anyway. So if Kyrie took a three-point shot and that exact same thing happened, it would be called a foul. That's a flagrant one, actually. It, it's hey, not just a foul; it's make a flagrant a two, one. Making something? Yeah, yeah no, that's a flagrant
1: no one on a three-point shot when you get under the shooter and he twists his ankle. That's yeah. An yeah but see, play.
0: I don't think it's dirty because I don't think Giannis intentionally did that. Right.
1: The question from the caller was: Was it a dirty play? I don't think it was a dirty play. Was it? Was it a, a, unf- a
0: call for? unfortunate
1: right? yeah. play. I mean, he's making a hustle, get into the paint. Maybe that's something even that they, they tell him. Shot goes up, everybody in the paint. Like, rebound, whatever it is. And he's just making a hustle play at that moment. And it's uh, it, it, it results, obviously, in something that could turn this series. All right, let's spin the wheel. It's an interesting question, interesting debate, though. Line six. Corey from New York.
0: What's up, Corey?
5: Is it? I have two quick questions. Is it more likely for the Suns to make it to the finals than the Nets losing before the finals? And Key, what's your favorite uh, barbecue grilling food to
2: throw on the grill?
1: What do you like to put on the grill, man? It just depends. I put
0: everything on what's there.
1: What's your favorite though? Like if you had one thing, CPS. where it's like you a want whole to grill fish,
0: tonight? a whole fish, whole fish, a whole red yeah. snapper, branzino. Yeah, I like to put okay. that on there. There you go.
1: All right, and as far as Suns, Jay, Suns getting to the finals or Nets not getting to the finals, which is more likely is the question.
2: I have Suns getting to the finals.
1: I got a better question. Would Chris Paul prefer to play the Clippers for obvious reasons in the conference finals?
2: I'll go with, yeah, I'll go with CP3. I'll go C P three there.
1: No, no. Want to, I, he I wants love, them though because of the, the history, right? Yeah,
0: it would be cool. It would be cool to see CP three I mean, get look, at him. The perfect scenario they, for that. How here. they booted him out of there, yeah.
1: treated him when they, they left. The, well, they, they he was the problem. Yeah. That's the story. The
0: narrative was oh, he was the problem. Yeah. No, no, so of course, I'd love to see him mm. plus I don't need to see them anyway get to the final. you just rooting for the Clippers to melt down in some way. They're gonna melt down anyway, it's a wrap. Yeah, you know it's coming. Spin it.
1: Call the roulette continues 888 eight eight ESPN line three. Hello, morning.
0: What's
2: happening?
1: Man? What's up? What? Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, uh, Gilbert Pudding from, from El Paso, Texas.
2: What's happening? Hey, so I just want to talk about PJ uh, P. Tucker, man. I mean, back in the days, you know, I'm a, I'm an old school type of guy, basketball guy, and you know, this was going on every night, every day, every every time the players were in. So. For Durant to start acting out like a, a little prima donna, I guess I would, just not to call
0: it something else. I think <laughs> it, it, it needs to stop. I mean, come on now, PJ Tucker is playing
5: his butt off, and they need to just let him play. And, uh, well, you're a Texas guy, it, so man. you know
1: that those are those guys, both right, play to Texas. They 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 know each other really well. They're close, and it's a it's a fierce competition. But you know, PJ probably knows well enough what he has to do. And, I mean, guys, you consider this. I'm down in a series. I'm trying to win. I got to do whatever it takes. You know, this ain't show friends. It's show business. So, I've got to handle the business right now and win this series. And he knows what I'm trying to do. I would do the same damn thing until they call it. I'm going to bother you as much as I can to get you off your game.
0: Yeah. A little gnat. Something. Be there. to be a problem. And how about he's knocking that Jay, he's knocking
2: down threes That's a big-ass nat. <laughs>
0: But he, he, I mean, he's stocky. That's,
2: that's he, a big he, I mean, nat key right there.
0: That's a bulldozer, man. Little wide body. Mm-hmm.
1: But he's getting it done so far. We'll see what happens in game four. All right, roll Let's it. spin it one more time. He's getting impatient. Line four.
5: Yeah, hi. It's uh, Robert from Virginia. Hey, Robert. <laughs> um, I know there's been a lot of discussion about the Julio Jones uh, yeah. move, but I, I think it's a great move for Tennessee. And let me tell you why. To add a player of that caliber – uh, he's probably going to win you a couple games each year on a big play. And I look at Tennessee going from a 10-6 and 6
1: right, Robert, wild card team we, to a potential You got to go, so we'll have to finish this conversation tomorrow. When he, when he says, I got to tell you why you knew.
2: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts